Welcome, welcome, guys, to Money Mondays, where we are focused on raising capital and investing with purpose. So whether you are a new investor or an experienced investor or even a business owner, understanding the art of raising private capital is crucial in today's competitive landscape. Join us as we navigate the complex realm of attracting investors, securing funding, and building meaningful relationships that fuel your business growth. Welcome, welcome, guys. My name is Kalisha, and I have my co-host with me, Betsy. And on today's, what's up, girl? What's going on? Hi, hi. Just excited for another Money Mondays. We're here. It's going to be a cool episode. I'm very, I've been excited about this one. I'm, I'm, I always say that I'm very excited. I'm very excited to learn new things. I think someone who is trying to be better every day is always a student. So you always get a new chance to learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to be fun because on today's episode, guys, what we're, we're taking a deep dive into a strategy that's transforming the world of multifamily investing. And I didn't heard about the strategy until um, it was referenced to the guest that we have on today. And we're super thrilled to sit down with a seasoned multifamily investor who's been leveraging the power of tax-free bonds to propel his company's growth to new heights. So I'm a completely newbie in this space. So I'm going to be asking a ton of questions because I want to how does this work? What's the process? How do I get in? But before we do, Betsy, you want to hit them with a disclaimer? The following information is for educational purposes only. Please do your own due diligence. We do not provide financial, legal, or professional advice. Everything that we say is from our own experience. Even Alvin, that he has all, a lot of experience. You guys always, always. Mm -hmm due diligence every case is different so make sure you ask you're asking people around you in your market where you're doing business because everything is different yes yes guys so our guest today his name is alvin hope johnson he's a multi-family real estate investor he's a developer he's an entrepreneur and most most importantly guys he is a man of god so we're so happy to have him here so guys, let's welcome Alvin Johnson to Money Mondays. Welcome, Alvin. How are you doing today? Hey, happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Oh, I'm doing great. If I were any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> happy Monday. Man, it's a, it's a great day. It's a great start to the week. We even have the first person who introduced you to us, Kent is here as well supporting you so that's amazing <laughs> hey Ken, what's going on thank you guys for tuning in we we have a ton of things to cover today and i'm sure like alvin is gonna be schooling us a lot and bringing some new things to light that a lot of us are not even aware of so Alvin, before we dive in, can you tell us who is Alvin Hope Johnson and your and the Hope Housing Foundation? Yes, ma'am. Um, who is Alvin? Man. <laughs> um, 
I'm a regular guy that just has some big dreams. Um, I'm a father, grandfather. Uh, I'm a people person. I love people. And, um, you know, I got this really big desire to build 20,000 units of affordable housing. And I finally figured out that the easiest way to do that is to do what Zig Ziglar said, help other people get what they want. And then it becomes really easy to get what you want. And so we put together a consulting company that consults for people to help other people get their developments done. And so that way we get to be a part of those units that you get and uh, it become a whole lot easier for us to get to our 20,000 units. So I'm just a guy with a big goal, some big dreams um, and just making it happen. Man, I'm curious, how did you how did you decide on that 3,000 number? Well, it came because really it's more about a system that we're putting together more than the number of units. Mm -hmm. I think that it'll take about five years for us to get our full system done. And I believe that in that time of that system being developed, that by the time it has realized that we could probably do have done 20,000 units, but then the system will be in place to continue to keep going. Uh, and that system includes a manufacturing plant for all of our own cabinets, trusses, uh, and wall panels, uh, having a trade school where we are uh, taking uh, individuals that have had some trouble backgrounds, maybe been to prison or something, and walking them through a training program to become plumbers and HVAC technicians and and carpenters and all of that stuff. So when all of that system is in place, I think we'll have something really dynamic. And so I'm super excited about that. Whoa. That's Whoa. a really big dream. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just see your face just lit up, just talking about that dream and just to, I'm sold on the vision because you, you're, you're not only one of, a lot of persons would just talk about affordable housing, right? But you have a plan to help individuals as well within the community. Cause I was watching some of your videos and I like the fact that I think there was a, a 300 uh -huh. units you have in Dallas and what I, your approach to bring in social workers agencies within that complex to help persons. And I've never heard that before. When I saw you talking about it, I was like, that is so smart. Is it going? Well, it, it it's a it's a necessary tool. Um, it's so necessary for our residents because um, we are in a neighborhood where the area median income is below 30,000. And so when the area median income is that low, then that means that there are not many resources there for the residents. And so those resources that are needed are not our money, how to get money, how to bank, how to sometimes read and write literally, um, how to balance a checkbook, uh, how can we get other uh, services to help with diapers and and kids back backpacks and things like that. So it is absolutely necessary. And that's the only way that these particular developments can thrive because if residents don't have what they need and your property goes downhill really, really quickly. And so I thought throwing money at the development would solve it. And it's not a money problem. It's a people problem. Yeah, man, like 
a lot of persons would stay away from doing projects in those neighborhoods. This person will still talk about this whole affordable. What was the reasoning behind niching down to that market? Um, that's very difficult. Today, I don't know that I would take on what I took on 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because now you've got reputational risk. Yeah. And people forget that you went in and bought something that was horrible and you're trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. You walk in today and something happens tomorrow and it's automatically immediately your problem, uh, regardless of what you stepped into. And so uh, I don't know that I have the capacity to do 20 more developments in those kind of neighborhoods. I just, mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't. But that doesn't mean that that is not a great market. That does not mean that that is that is absolutely necessary because those buildings and those residents exist today, right? But I think that my talents are best served by doing new developments versus doing a redevelopment process. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. It does. It's, it's... Okay. So with, with doing this as well, um, I know because we're going to talk about just the fact of using tax-free bonds um, to get into this type of asset class. Mm-hmm. Can you just walk us through the transition from before you learn anything about the, this whole tax-free bond? Like, how did you get there to be like, bingo, this is what I want to do? Uh, let's see. Well, I, I have been exposed to this type of financing a long time ago. Uh, I've had a mortgage company for, I had a mortgage company for years. And then in 2008, when I went to volunteer for a nonprofit that had 16,000 units, uh, a lot of our properties at that entity were financed this way. Well, at least I had seen it, right? It's like you pass by McDonald's and you go, oh, I know what that looks like, but you've never yeah. been there. And then you, you, somebody puts a burger on your plate and you go, oh, I've seen that before. Well, mm-hmm. when I when I met a gentleman that is doing all of, our, all of our finance and now he introduced this to us and told us, you know, what the kind of entity we have, a 501c3, it's dedicated to provide affordable housing, that this was a really good vehicle for us to use and we can get really high leverage doing that, especially on an existing asset or on a property that we already own, we could probably get many times a hundred and a hundred percent of the capital stack for a purchase renovation debt service and the whole nine yards so when i saw that on an existing asset i went why can't we do that for new deals oh you can and i went aha and so then when i started looking a little bit into the advantages of why do people or entities or organizations purchase those bonds um, then I knew that there was a real big audience for what we want to do. And the reason that these entities exist to buy these tax exempt bonds is because they don't pay any income tax on the money that they make. So they can hold these bonds for five years, 10 years, 30 years, and whatever interest that they make is exempted from their income tax. And so that may not sound like much to us. Um, but you know, if you've got 50 million or $100 million laying around or you're looking to invest it, if you can invest it somewhere and make anywhere from five to 10, 12% exempt from income tax, 
that's a really significant return. And when I saw that, I knew that that was the arena for us. Wow. And to, to deep dive just a little bit, the way that you raise funds with tax-free um, bonds, is that like, do you fund the whole project with just the, the bonds? Yes. And so um, what our process is that we get the bonds issued from a issuer. Um, could be a, um, we use a company up in Minnesota, they issue bonds across the country. So they'll issue us 100% of the bonds that we need. And so whether it's five, well, not even five million, probably starting about 20 million and up, um, they'll issue us bonds for 100% of our capital stack. So if we've got, you know, a deal that we're buying and it's 20 million and then we need 10 million for rehab or 5 million for rehab. And then we need a couple of years worth of debt service. All of that is included into the capital stack, the amount of money that we need for the purchase and all those things. And at that point, uh, once the bonds are issued, I pick up the phone and call our placement agent who has relationships with organizations that buy these bonds and they typically facilitate the process for us. But there is a way that uh, all of your audience, just say you've got a million people listening to you. Yeah. And everybody's got a dollar or $10. So we can get $10 million from your audience. Or what if we could get $100 million from your audience? We could literally fund our whole capital stack of our deal with your audience's money. They would then become the bondholders versus being a syndicated partner. Why is that better for the bondholders or the investor? Because they actually have a piece of paper that says, I'm a bondholder and I own debt on this asset versus I'm a limited partner and I'm sitting back waiting on my general partner to send me returns. Um, Do you understand that part? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I had like, question that's a question but you explain it everything in one so that's pretty good <laughs> so one i love the fact that you mentioned you have someone that you work with um to help you find um these entities yes so i know like for us when securing the investors funds we would use the regular promissory note the deed of trust so in your case, it's only the bond, only the certificate. That's the only thing. Like, what is it? Something that's secured by the government? Like, what exactly is that apart from just a paperwork? Oh boy, it's a lot. But technically, I guess to make it simple, what it is is the bonds are our mortgage. So uh -huh. when you buy a house. They give you your keys and they send you a mortgage coupon every month and you write them a check, right? Now yeah. your name is on title and the bank has a lien against your property. Well, mm -hmm. there's no documents other than your, your, your deed of trust, your loan agreement, your promissory note and all of that stuff. Well, it's the same thing with these bond documents, except there's a whole lot of other stuff in those bond documents that make them exempt from taxes and, and all this stuff, but it's not federally backed or federally issued or anything. Uh, mm -hmm. The issuers just have the congressional authority to issue these tax exempt bonds. 
because they are set up to provide workforce and affordable housing. Uh, very similar to the municipal bonds that cities use to build coliseums and arenas and airports and all of that, those are municipal bonds and they're tax exempt as well. And then you've got organizations that buy those. The same is true with these housing bonds. They're exempt and you've got organizations that do nothing but buy bonds dedicated to this affordable housing. They don't pay any taxes on it. Wow. <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. So with that as well, say I'm I'm an investor um, with five million and I'm hearing this for the first time. How can I do my own due diligence to understand this process? And then also, apart from the tax-free income, are there any other benefits an investor would, would should consider? Very good question. Um, the due diligence part would be probably very simple to do. Uh, a simple Google search for tax-exempt bonds uh, would, would lead you down a rabbit hole of all the sections within the IRS code that dictate that if these units are set aside, where so, so many of the units are set aside for a certain percentage of the area median income, if you hit a couple of benchmarks in that, then that would, you'll see that it's very easy uh, for that exemption. So that's, that's very simple to do. Um, okay. The second part of that question that you asked me was, I forgot. Oh, so you're good. <laughs> Apart, like other benefits, because if I'm an investor and looking to consider, yes, the tax-free uh, income is good, but what are the benefits are they to doing it? Well, that's 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 a good one. I think one of the biggest benefits in my mind is that because these bonds are the debt, ninety-nine percent of the time, the debt in a deal always gets paid. Whereas if we do a deal and we can have a mortgage and then I go out and raise $5 million from investors and make them limited partners, then there's no guarantee that they will ever get a distribution or get their money back. There's no guarantee. At least with the bonds, there's somewhat of a guarantee because you hold the debt to the asset. And, yeah. and so if the sponsor or the entity doesn't make its mortgage pay, then that deal is foreclosed, sold. And again, as long as it wasn't over leveraged and they, I say they won't let you over leverage it uh, with the underwriting, then nine times out of 10, all of the debt will get paid. So the investors will get their money back. So that's a really, really big advantage. And then I also think that uh, because you have a, a certificate, you have a bond, right? You have something that is marketable. So in a syndicated transaction, once you get in it, you're in it until the GP takes you out. Like this, there's always a market for people that buy tax exempt bonds. So there's a possibility that you could sell your interests or your shares. Uh, that I would say, I was because I was just going to ask you what the difference with if, if they have a fund or a syndication, but you just mentioned it, they're able to get out by just selling their shares. I like that. That's correct. Um, there's a market for them. I think if you invest $50,000, then mm -hmm. 
that may be difficult to do unless you pick up the phone and call one of the bondholders that are already invested, right? But if you've got a big stack, if you put your five million into this fifty million dollar transaction, you basically finance ten percent of this deal. There's a market to get your money out. So there's so many different exit strategies. So that's good. I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, and last week we were talking with our with one of the tax experts, and we were talking about the different types of tax free bonds. Are these the federal tax free bonds? The ones that you use? No, they're, they're not federal, but they are because the federal government has given the issuers the federal congressional authority to issue them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So they're they're not, not a federal bond, but because they the issuer has a congressional authority to do so, to issue them, mm -hmm. then some kind of way they would be federal. Mm -hmm. okay. So you're you're only able to use these tax bonds because of the um, the nonprofit that you have the 5031 C. That's correct. That's correct. The 501C3. And then go. the other part of that is because at a minimum, 50% of the units have to be set aside for people that make 80% of the area median income. At a minimum. So that means, you know, if you if you go to your city and you Google it and the area median income is is a hundred thousand dollars per household then at least 50% of the units being developed with these bonds need to be set aside for people that make no more than 80,000. And the reason that is, is because the powers that be, I guess, HUD, Fannie Mae, whoever has told us how much money we should spend on our housing has said that we should not spend more than 30% of our income on housing. That's funny today because I'll tell you when I was growing up, my mom would tell me, uh, don't ever get an apartment that costs more than 25% of your income. So now we're up to 30% of our income, and that's on all of our housing. So that includes the rent, the water bill, the light bill, all that junk, right? But so at $80,000, 30% of that, your resident makes, I mean, if the area median income is 100000 and they make 80% of that, so they can't make over $80,000 to live there, well, that $80,000, a third of that is $24,000 a year, roughly, right? Uh, 80,000, I'm pretty sure, times 0.03. Yeah, 2400, that's $24,000 a year. You divide that by 12, that's $2,000 a month. That's your average household rental income for that particular unit or for that family. And so at a minimum, as long as 50% of your units are set aside for that, you can use the bonds. In some situations, we have to go even a little deeper than that, where we would have, let me see, 25% of the units set aside for people that make 60% of the area median income. 50% of the units could be set aside for that 80%. And then you may only have 25% of the units at market. Mm -hmm. So it really just depends on the issuer um, that issues them as, as to what guidelines we have to follow. Hmm. Oh. Thanks for that breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the fact that you went like yeah. the you went super like 
deep in terms of what the monthly rent would be. So it gives us an idea as well and gives so much clarity because a lot of persons would hear that 80,000. Okay, no, I, I don't know what that is. But then you broke it down to be like, okay, we're working with $2,000 a month. And you went further to explain that a, only a certain percentage will be a market rent. So thanks for explaining that because that made a whole lot more sense to me that you broke it down that much as well. My my next question will be because this is <laughs> it's really how can I do my due diligence? So let's say I'm an investor, but I want to know if this is how is this really a good deal for me to invest in? How do I know that? Especially if I'm completely new, I'm sitting on capital. How do I know that I could invest in something like this? Oh, well, your podcast, for one, will let the world know that they can invest in this uh, because mm -hmm. this is not widely talked about. Right. Um, mm -hmm. There there are not many people using this financing structure uh, to do new mm -hmm. developments or existing developments. And the ones that are may not be looking for outside capital or outside investors to do this with. Um, but I think the how do you know this is a good deal? It's no different than underwriting any other situation, any other syndicated deal. Uh, first, it starts with the sponsor. Uh, do you like them? Do they speak your language? Do they have a track record of doing this? Have they been successful at doing this? And so if those things, if all those boxes are checked, okay, now I got some I'll, I'll dig a little, little deeper into, like the development itself. Where is it? Is it something that resonates with me? Uh, do I like this area that they are developing in? Um, not just, oh, I want to be in, uh, an investor in some apartments, but uh, you really need to speak to me as a potential investor. Uh, and if what you're doing speaks to me and speaks to my language, then that's the second thing. And then I've mentioned the underwriting. So now I want to see the prospectus. Show me. Show me what your um, expectations are. Show me what your projections are. And then uh, give me some data to support those projections. Do you have a market study do you, that shows that there's a need for this housing? Do you have an appraisal that shows that there, the value of this deal is that supporting the rents? Mm -hmm. And you know if you can do that, and, and those are just simple things that you may not know to ask, but your sponsor or the person that is that you're considering partnering with or putting your money with should freely disclose those things because that's the meat of the deal. And so if those things check out and you've done your due diligence on uh, the exemption part of your income that you can easily look at. And we have a tax opinion from tax attorneys also that show that um, then you should feel pretty good about it. Um, but it starts, I think, with the track record of the sponsor. And then, uh, again, do you like what they're doing, where they're doing it, and who they're doing it for? And if those boxes check, then check on your numbers and make sure that there's some supporting data to support those projections. And then I think from there, you'll be good. Hmm. This has been so helpful because my um, we're, we're starting a fund. And the fund is targeting affordable housing in Tampa Bay. So I'm now thinking, how can we incorporate something that we're, you're doing into our fund? So I'm, I'm glad that you broke 
you broke that down as well. And and another reason we ask is because we have lenders who are listening to the podcast, even if they're missing it live, they're going back and they're watching it. And a lot of times they will come back to us and they're like, wait, I didn't ex- understand this. If I wanted to do this, what's the next step? Because let's another thing too is anyone who wants to do something like this, do they have to be an accredited investor? Yes, to partner with us or I don't know how you're setting your fund up, but it can be a fund to fund situation to where you may be doing a fund for unaccredited investors, but then your fund becomes accredited and then your fund can partner with us. So a portion of our fund will be um, able to purchase um, fund another fund. Correct. Okay. Correct. Perfect. All right. That, that works. That works. It's a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, you get a hundred. You get a hundred million dollars in six months, uh, and then you call me and say, "Hey, Alvin, we put together a hundred million dollar fund, and we want to do some investing in these tax exempt bonds." Then we'll go through the process and have our attorney talk to your attorney, and they can make sure that the accreditation process of the fund. It's good. And then uh, there'd be a different there'd be a different conversation because, you know, you've got a fund with that kind of cash. Then we go directly to our placement agents and sit down and talk to them and let them know that this money is here. We've got this. And uh, he with the goal makes the rules. I mean, you could literally uh, park your money at 10, 12 percent interest for a short period of time, a uh, short period through the construction phase. Uh, for the first three years on a deal like this and make some really great interest and then have your money taken out uh, at stabilization of the asset. And then you could actually go back and do it again into another deal. And so that's that's maximizing the returns with your money that you could get. Because if you leave it in a long term, uh, after stabilization, we take out those first funds, the placement agent goes and sells those bonds and recoups our investors their money back. Um, because we can't afford to pay 8, 10, 12% forever, right? That's only through that construction period that we can do that. And so then at that point, you have an option to leave your money in, but it'll go down to the to the coupon rate that the A-bonds are at. So uh, but I like to get our investors in and out if they want to in three to five years, and then they can just return, recycle their money and recycle it and just keep doing it. And especially when you get your hundred million dollars in your fund, uh, that'd be really awesome to partner with you on that. It's insane that that was actually the goal. We're like, we're gonna do a hundred million dollar fund, and then we're like, yeah, this is our first fund. Let's put it down to fifteen million. Let's get it out the way. But it's crazy that you mentioned that one hundred million dollar fund. So that's insane. No, definitely. So during that time when someone comes in and they invest, are they getting dividends per quarter or they have to wait until the three or five years is over? Oh, great question. No, um, every six months, there is a uh, interest payment made to all of the bondholders. So uh, we'll close on one day and six months later, you start receiving your coupons every six months. Oh, and you guys, call, it's called coupons. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you learn something new. Yeah. 
we're we're into the whole dividend interest payment, but the fact that you said coupons, then this is amazing. Um, okay. So why should like let's say you have um other developers in the area, they have a network of persons that have, have money. How can they collaborate with you um to do something like this? That's the easy part. They literally could just call me. I have consultation calls all the time, uh, 10 minute calls like, hey, you got 10 minutes for free. Let's go. And uh, I send a link. And so you, you pitch your deal. I mean, tell me about your deal. Where is it? Because um, every, you know, when we first start this, we think every opportunity is a great opportunity. And eventually you get so many opportunities that pff, that's not an opportunity. And so if you can tell me really quickly in 10 minutes or less, like on the back of a napkin, that this deal works and that you have the wherewithal to, to pull this off. I'm not looking for you to tell me that you know how to go get the entitlements done. I'm not looking for you to tell me that you can get all of that done. What I'm looking for is a person that, that has the capacity to say, hey, man, we need to raise $5 million. I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and try that. Hey, uh, I need a couple of hundred thousand dollars on the front end of this deal. I'm willing to commit to putting this money together because with two or three hundred thousand dollars, I could literally have a 40, 50 million dollar development under my belt in two, two and a half years. So if somebody is willing and committed to that, then I'm willing to work with them. And there are ways to get the money. I mean, yeah, you got some money, but if you've got a great credit score, there are people that will even finance the initial cost that we need to get this thing started. And so if you're willing to do that, we roll up our sleeves and do all the work, get all the entitlements in place, help negotiate the contracts, hire the architects, the engineers, and everybody we need to get your deal put together. And then when it's entitlement, we have created millions of dollars in value that we can go leverage at that point to pay for the dirt and then get our blueprints for our construction docks. So it's a multi-step process, but every step of the process, we're building value. And as we build that value, we can leverage that value all the way up to the point of a construction loan. Oh, you just said so much things in one. <laughs> this is how you get creative, because you just mentioned that someone can come in and you can finance it and then leverage the funds that they're getting, correct? Correct. That is correct. Mm, 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 mm. See, listen, like now I see why Ken Ken spoke highly. Ken spoke highly of you. So this is this is like game changer. Ken is amazing. <laughs> so we're gonna do some great work together with Ken. Huh? I'm, we're gonna do some great work with Ken. So Ken it's gonna be great. fun. And it's amazing. It's like that's why we're here. Hundred million dollars of valid thought leadership. <laughs> Man, guys, also like if you have questions, like drop them in the chat. Let us know if if you want him to backtrack a little bit. If you have questions, drop it in the chat as well. I know for anyone that's listening after the fact, you guys can always comment and let us know. And then we'll also reach out to um Alvin too. We're dropping his YouTube channel. Um, channel in the description so you guys has access to it. Uh, Alvin, could you walk us through like a case study of the deal, the actual that 300 unit 
that you're doing in South Dallas with the gray paint. And I think you said a portion of, you're renovating a portion of it now. Can you walk us through how much did that deal cost? How the structure of just the entire flow? Yeah. So uh, let's see, 10 years ago, October 13th, 2013, we paid $5.4 million for 330 units. Mm -hmm. So let me do the math. Let me get my calculator. <laughs> $16,364 per unit. $16,400. Okay. Uh, when we did our financing last year, this was our second time doing this. Because I think, you see, we bought it in 10, in 13, in 2017. Well, when we paid $5.4 million for it, I got a loan from a local bank for about $5 million. Bucks. Uh, I had some limited partners that put up about $2.5 million, and we went in and paid $5.4 for it, and we spent a couple of million dollars fixing it up, cleaning it up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was in 13. By 2016, 17, we refinanced that deal for 17 million. So Whoa. we pulled out 7 million in cash, paid our investors off and put some money in the bank. Mm -hmm. In 2022, last year, we refinanced that deal, sold it from one entity that we had to another entity, bought out the limited partnership for 17 million just to pay off the debt and put another $5 million in renovations there. So today I think we have about 23, $24 million in debt against a $40 million subject to value uh, when all the units are brought online. From five, point four million To $40 million in 10 years. That's amazing. And the, the, the portion, huh? And it's all affordable housing. Yeah, and they look good. Yeah, they do look good. They, they look good, and they're, they're very spacious. Like when when I was watching some of your videos, it's like there's no way these look really good. And the, the the community itself, like it's just a structure of everything. I even learned something new with it too. I think you said you have a sign outside and show the building, the number of each building. So just in case of an emergency, firefighters know where to go. I've never seen that. There's so many complexes here in Florida that I've seen. And the only thing they have is just the apartment name. The city of Dallas requires that. Um, mm. But it's not up at every property. They require it. But in certain neighborhoods, to follow the rules. Yeah. So we follow the rules, you know. Uh, but it's it's so helpful, and not only for the emergency. What if your mom show up? She don't know where you live. She can look at the map and go, "Oh, there's building number such and such." Right. <laughs> You're right, but I just love the fact that. I think if anyone is is going to invest in an asset like this or this strategy, it's really 
is a definition of this is a long-term game. Mm -hmm. Because 10 years ago, for some persons, this is, this is going to take too long. But just like that, we're in 2022. And you bought an asset for 5 mil, which is now, like, I mean, the debt is 20, 23 mil, but it's going to work 44. Like, imagine that growth that you did. Mm-hmm. So you you should be proud. I am, and it, you know it's again we stack value through. We put money in and 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 then put value and then pull that cash out and leverage the value that we created, and just continue to create sweat equity. And now, uh, I believe by the end of this year, I think we're over eighty seven percent occupied now. And I can tell you, at the end of July, July twentieth. We were 58% occupied. Our contractor released us a whole lot of units. We've gotten them all filled, all pre-leased. And so by October, we'll be 100% pre-leased with a waiting list. And by the end of the year, we're probably going to sell the asset. Um, you know, we've done 10 years. We got it great. It's positioned well, fully renovated. There's a young man um, in Dallas that has a 501c3 nonprofit himself. He's building houses in that neighborhood. And uh, we're going to help him raise money to to buy our equity so that he can keep that loan in place because the interest rate is, I think it's, I don't know, it's four and some change. And so he'll be able to pick up that really good interest rate and, uh, and carry on with his mission. So I just want to help somebody else uh, go forward. creative all the way so alvin what's something that you'd like to say about you know raising capital with tax-free bonds that not everybody asks you about or what's what's something that's interesting about it that that you don't get to say a lot that people don't know betsy none of this is really interesting the only thing that's interesting about (laughs) right the only thing that's interesting about, I think, doing it with the bonds, because it's so different, um, but it's so simple because you are actually the bank when you do this with the bonds. You hold the mortgage paper. And so there's nothing sexy about that other than all the money you make is exempt from paying income tax. The only money that you can make today without paying income tax on it is money that's under the table and tax exempt bonds. <laughs> so, no, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. so the the um I think um what was it it's something that i've seen i think you do you also do a, a program that you help other persons as well right i think so um we have a uh oh Multifamily Monopoly. That is our uh, that's our education company where we we do boot camps and walk you through the process of buying, renovating, teaching you everything about the classes of assets from A to D, um, all the verbiage that we use, how to underwrite a deal. Uh, it's a two day boot camp that we do. Um, I like the boot camp because for people that's in the business, maybe buying and flipping and doing things and they want to take their real estate game to the next level, it really can help them because more is more is taught than caught. 
You know, I love to say that uh, methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, but the principles never do. So the principles of what we use in this real estate space or in the multifamily space can go across many, many um, verticals of in the real estate space. So our boot camp teaches a lot of that and allows you to um, allows you to tap in and really take again take your real estate space your profession to the next to the next space. Uh, so we do that, and um, and then we put together a developer course. I had and I'm I'm kind of super proud of that. Uh, I got my my engineer, my architect, my real estate broker, my tax attorney and deal attorney, uh, our tax specialist, um, and myself put together modules about what each of us do. Uh, and we put it into a course um, called Build Your Dream or something like that. Uh, but it's a full step developer apprenticeship course that uh, it's been ready for about a year, but I haven't released it yet because I'm waiting to start going vertical on our buildings. And then when those buildings go vertical, uh, we will release that course because what I'd love to do is the people that take that course, I mean, you can buy the course and you can do it self, you know, on your own, you can learn it however you want. We're teaching the course, uh, but also if you want a year long mentorship with that course, then it's gonna give you the opportunity to walk through building or constructing one of these assets with us over the course of a year. And so that that course is really and I'm super proud of that. And then the last thing we did just recently, Kent, um, Kent asked me, he said, I mean, you need to write a book. And I went, oh, OK, easy enough. <laughs> Wasn't that easy, but uh, I spent a couple of months putting together a book called The New Look of Affordable Housing. And uh, I'm super proud of it. Uh, I think I, that book was written kind of to help bridge some of the knowledge gap that that we don't have talking about how we connect with um, government officials to build public private partnerships. Uh, it talks a lot about everything that we use in this affordable space every day. And uh, so I'm super proud about that book, too. So, yeah, I do some things to help people. I'm, I'm so interested in that course. Um, because That's something I'm trying to get into. So I would definitely be interested. Hopefully you buy an asset in Florida so I can be a part of the um, ongoing process. Well, right now we are consulting for a couple of guys that want to do some projects in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, well, I, I was really gung-ho in Florida because Governor DeSantis put out some programs that were really aggressive for affordable developers. And that money dried up so quick. I don't know what it's going to do, but... Uh, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> they just he just allocated more more um more funds for this. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I think Alvin, you want to share your links with me for those courses so we can share them to our viewers. Just let let me know, and we'll have okay. those links to your mentorships. Um, I'm sure they would be very interested in seeing those courses and being part of that. Yeah. Well, thanks, Betsy. And we are. And I have a little small course. I say a small course. It's less than a thousand bucks. It's actually my boot camp. So we teach that boot camp in person. But all of the slides and information that I teach in the boot camp, we put into some modules, like 38 or 40 modules. 
and that thing's like less than a thousand bucks. Uh, so it's it's a really really great tool, and I'm and I don't like myself on camera, and I don't like to you know to to act like I know what I'm talking about, but it's really really a good course. <laughs> Man, you're you're for someone who doesn't like themselves on camera, you do good with those IG lives. Well, it took a lot of time people throwing and you know throwing a camera in my face and saying smile. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is like so good. Guys, before we wrap up, like if you guys have any questions, let us know in the chat. If you thought this episode was fire, drop some fire in the chats as well. Like we got something on iTunes, leave us a review, answer yeah. the questions on the polls on Spotify. We just love hearing from you guys. And um, hey, if we can get your questions answered, that would be awesome. Anything that we missed. You guys have Alvin right here, right before we wrap up. Anything there is, like I got all my questions answers. I just wish that new course was out because we're going. The fund is also be acquiring a few new developments, and I'm like, damn it, that would have been perfect. Well, just 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 wait about one month. <laughs> one month. We have time because we're we're going through legal now, and they said legal. It's gonna take like two to three months, so we have. To... Let's put this here. Oh, good. Okay. No, that'll be perfect. Uh, we'll actually Are have a guys... building coming out of the ground by then. Are you guys doing multifamily affordable housing all over the states? We will. Yes. So we got 400 units going new development in Princeton, Texas now, and then another 185 units in Kakana, Wisconsin, which is up by Green Bay. So um, we'll go anywhere. The market has to be right. We're looking for areas that have an area median income over 80,000 and um, small town America, a lot of small cities have that and they need housing mm -hmm. really, really bad. And so yeah. when you're looking at, you know, I think, those some of those small towns in Wisconsin have very many incomes over a hundred thousand. So you you know we're sitting we're doing units for people to make eighty grand. They could pay two thousand a month for affordable workforce housing. Those are great markets. You know it's a great tenant uh, because they have great income. And what we're you know HUD tried years ago to get rid of the project, so they quit issuing project based Section Eight vouchers. They gave, they started doing the choice vouchers so that the residents could take their vouchers and live wherever they wanted. They saw that putting 200 people in a apartment complex. Uh, okay, Kent. Uh, they saw, HUD saw that putting 200 people with, a, with an income of less than 10,000 a year in the same development was not a great idea. Imagine that. So, so with this model of doing more affordable housing, using higher income brackets to do this, uh, we're not even coming close to creating a model that creates another project. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it 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 puts families of lower income or lower means in the same vicinity of families that make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Hopefully those kids that grow up in that lower income home will see that and really be able to change their life. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. I got really excited when I talked to Kent about this actually. Um, and I started looking at, um, I started looking at land here already. I was like, I am, I am looking for those areas and I have found some, so I'm very excited to just keep an eye out on them. Awesome. Uh, Alvin, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Um, any advice, tips, anything, how to reach you? Uh, how to reach me? Today, uh, my today, I say today, my email address is Alvin, Alvin at 372hope.org. And the reason I say today uh, is we're taking our model from Hope Housing Foundation of 501c3 and working under Springboard RA, which is our consulting company. Um, and we named it Springboard because we believe this is a platform that anybody can come and bounce off of and go take their life a little bit higher. So Springboard RA is our consulting company, and it'll probably be Alvin at springboardra.com. So just emails work for me. Uh, DMs on Instagram work for me. Smoke signals with my name in them work for me. I don't care. <laughs> you are actually very responsive. The first time I sent you that message, you responded so quickly. So yes, Instagram DM is the way to go, you guys. And um, yeah. I'm yeah. putting his email in the comments. Um, for today, you guys, you guys can talk to him. <laughs> this has been like, I definitely learned a ton. Alvin, thank you so much for sharing. Um, and as you said, not a lot of persons know about this. So hopefully like a couple months, you can come back. There's something new that we can always come back and interview you on and just talk about. So we can just keep spreading the word and educating our audience um, about something like this because not a lot of persons talk about it. They just talk about building, getting into multifamily, using a fund or a syndication. That's the only thing you hear about when it comes on to multifamily new development. You don't hear about anything else. And you're literally taking the same strategy. Concept. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just a different method of financing. That's it. You talk about the stacking, which is also the same thing. You're, you're doing the whole refinance in the small world for someone starting out. It's like the burn method, but you're just doing the burn method on a larger scale because you're still refinancing, pulling the cash out, taking that cash, buying another asset. It's the same thing. And with new properties, there are new construction. I just, yes. I love that model. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's so much better, in my opinion, to build something yeah. new than have to go in and fix everything. Exactly. Exactly. But no. Betsy, you wanna you wanna well, see you know, my thought process when we Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say when we thought about the new property. Uh when we thought about the new properties, you know, people were paying a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand a door uh for properties built twenty-five years ago. And I'm like, you're gonna pay hundred and fifty for that, or we can go spend two hundred and build it brand new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's no brainer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> for real. Well, thank you, Alvin. Thank you for being here with us. We really appreciate your Man, time. I love the way you guys, well, I say you guys. <laughs> huh? My pleasure. Thank you. I love this. I love this setup. I mean, y'all got this podcast. I'm going to have to call you and get you to help me with my podcast. Yeah.
I really, really appreciate you sharing your knowledge too. I mean, this was a whole new thing ever since Ken said it. I was like, I need to talk to Alvin. I was like, I need to talk to him. I need to talk about how he's doing this and bring him on the podcast so we can share more about what you do and um, just bring it, it to light, you know, because um, we can all use this thing to be able to help other people because it's all, all about people, all about affordable housing, helping people in different communities. And I think that's really amazing. And it speaks to my heart, if not anyone else. So whether you're looking to finance your next project, lock, launch, or expand a new venture, business or venture, we hope that this episode gave you insights, tips, and strategies so that you guys can also raise capital and invest with purpose. Bye, guys.